Loftus and Palmer, 1974, Eyewitness Testimony Background How accurate is the human memory in relation to detailed events that happened in our presence? It is well documented, both anecdotally and from previous psychological research, that people can be inaccurate in their recollection of details about complex events, such as the speed of cars in a traffic accident. Given the fact that these inaccuracies occur, a number of researchers have theorised that perhaps there are variables that can influence people's perceptions of complex events and make them overestimate or underestimate particular details or even add details in that were not actually present. This has a significant implication for the justice system and the court cases in particular because if true it means that eyewitness testimonies can be influenced by variables other than a person's original memory of an event. The researchers of this study, Loftus and Palmer, were interested in investigating what these variables could be, and how they have the ability to change people's eyewitness testimonies in relation to a traffic accident. The researchers wanted to know how much of an influence leading questions can have on people's memories of an event. Leading questions are defined as questions which suggest to a witness what answer is desired, or leads them to the desired answer. An example of a leading question could be, how fast would you estimate the defendant's car was travelling over the speed limit when he lost control of his vehicle and smashed into the victim's car? Instead of a more neutral question, such as, how fast would you estimate the defendant's car was travelling before the collision? The example mentioned of the leading question is trying to lead the witness to conclude that the defendant was speeding and, as a result, lost control of the car, leading to a car accident which was clearly his fault. AIM the study by Loftus and Palmer into eyewitness testimonies conducted two experiments. The aim of the first experiment was to test whether the language used in a leading question could affect eyewitness testimonies of the speed that two cars were going during a collision. The aim of the second experiment was to test whether the language used in a leading question could affect eyewitness testimony about whether there was any broken glass during a collision between two cars. Sample the sample for the first experiment consisted of 45 undergraduate students from the University of Washington, while the second experiment had 150 students from the same location. Both groups of participants were recruited via an opportunity sample. Methodology and procedure Both experiments that were conducted during the study were laboratory experiments, which used an independent measures design, with each participant only taking part in one condition. In both experiments, participants were evenly allocated to each of the conditions. The first experiment had five independent variables. After watching seven film clips of traffic accidents in the first condition, participants were given a questionnaire to fill out. Asking questions about the video they had just seen, there was one critical question about the speed of vehicles, which was about how fast were the cars going when they hit each other. In the other four conditions, the verb hit, used in the original question, was changed to a different verb. They were replaced with smashed, collided, bumped, and contacted. Here's a bit of a revision tip. When I was doing my psychology A-levels, the way I remembered the five critical verbs was through this saying, Harry can't stop bumping Carl. Hit, contacted, smashed, bumped, collided. The dependent variable in the first experiment were the estimates of speed that the participant thought the cars were going during the collision in answer to the critical question. The seven film clips of traffic accidents were presented in a random order to each condition to help control for any order effects. 
The second experiment had three independent variables. After watching a video depicting a multiple car accident, participants in one condition were asked how fast were the cars going when they hit each other. In one of the other conditions, the verb hit was replaced with the word smashed, and in the third and final condition, the participants were not asked this question. One week after, the participants returned and were asked a number of new questions about the video of the car crash, without viewing it again, so they were answering solely based on their memory of it from a week previously. Included in the questionnaire was a new critical question that asked, did you see any broken glass? Which participants could answer by ticking either yes or no? The question was randomly embedded in the questionnaire, which consisted of 10 questions overall. There was in fact no broken glass present in the video. However, the experimenters theorized that participants would answer yes to there being broken glass, since it's usually synonymous with high-speed traffic accidents. Results. The results of the first experiment were as follows. Participants in the smashed condition, on average, estimated the speed of the car collision to be at 40.5 miles per hour. Participants in the collided condition estimated a speed of 39.3 miles per hour. Those in the bumped condition estimated 38.1 miles per hour. Those in the hit condition estimated 34 miles per hour. And those in the contacted condition estimated 31.8 miles per hour. For the second experiment, the results in relation to estimating how fast the cars were going were as follows. Those in the smashed condition estimated on average 10.46 miles per hour, and those in the hit condition estimated 8 miles per hour. These differences were determined to be significantly different. In the part of the experiment where participants were asked whether they had seen broken glass in the collision, in the control condition, 6 participants said that they had, and 44 said that they hadn't. In the hit condition, 7 said that they had, and 43 said that they hadn't. And in the smash condition, 16 said that they had, and 34 said that they hadn't. These differences were also statistically significant, meaning that those in the smashed condition were significantly more likely to report seeing broken glass than in other conditions, despite there never being any broken glass in the collision. Conclusions For the first experiment, the researchers suggested two possible explanations for the results. The first explanation was that the results could be due to a response bias factor, in other words, the participants were unsure what the speed of the collision was, and the verb smashed biased their response towards a higher estimate of speed. The second possible explanation was that the verb smashed caused a change in participants' memory, and that it caused them to recall the accident as being more severe than it actually was. If this second explanation was true, then the researchers theorised that it might be expected that the participants would remember other details of the collision that didn't actually happen but which are often present in high-speed traffic accidents. This led the researchers to devise a second experiment in the study. The results of the second experiment suggested that the second explanation was true. Participants in the smashed condition were significantly more likely to recall seeing broken glass than the hit condition or the control condition. This suggests that the memories of those in the smashed condition had been changed, causing them to recall seeing broken glass when there was actually none present. The fact that the differences were significant suggests that it was the verb smashed that caused this change in memory, rather than any confounding variables. The researchers suggested that these results show that there are two types of information that creates our memories. The information that happened during the event, and the information that happened after an event. They concluded that memories are a combination of these two forms of information, and that memories of an event 
can be changed after it has happened, based on leading questions, even leading to the creation of new false memories. Human memories are not like tape recorders. They are susceptible to changes and alterations in relation to new information and suggestions, which are capable of distorting details of original events. This has implications in particular for court cases and police forces, where eyewitness testimony is provided. It's an important issue for the justice system to recognise that certain question techniques can cause inaccurate recall or reconstructive memory in eyewitnesses. Evaluations The study by Loftus and Palmer was a laboratory experiment, which enabled the researchers to control for many variables relating to the environment. It also standardised the procedure, helping to minimise any confounding variables that could have influenced the study, and making it easier to replicate. On the other hand, the fact that it was a laboratory experiment means that it lacks ecological validity. Watching a film clip of a traffic accident does not have the same emotional impact as witnessing one in real life. And it is therefore wise to be careful about generalising the findings to real-life situations. For example, perhaps people are less susceptible to leading questions in relation to witnessing a real-life accident. The samples used in the study were recruited via an opportunity sampling method, which is relatively quick, convenient and cost-effective for the researchers to use. However, all the participants were students, who were not representative of the general population. In particular, one could argue that many undergraduate students are less experienced at driving, and therefore will be less confident in being able to estimate the speed of a traffic accident. The sample was also relatively ethnocentric, since the participants were all taken from one university, the University of Washington, in America. The study collected a lot of quantitative data, enabling statistical comparisons to be made between the independent variables in the two experiments. However, the study did not collect any qualitative data, which may have enabled participants to give reasons for their choice of vehicle speed, or why they thought that broken glass was present during the second experiment. One could therefore argue that simply having quantitative data in relation to eyewitness testimony is reductionist. As mentioned previously, the conclusions about how eyewitness testimony can be influenced by leading questions is useful, since it can inform how the justice system interrogates eyewitnesses to help reduce the chance that post-event information and suggestions alter their memory of an event. The researchers concluded that there are two main factors that influence people's recollection of events, informations that happened during the event and after. However, one could argue that it's possible that people's past experience before an event could also influence their eyewitness testimony of the event. For example, any participants taking part in the study who had been in a car accident before in real life, or who had witnessed one in real life, may have given different estimates of vehicle speed, or testimony about the presence of broken glass, compared to other participants, due to information from their past. If this is the case, then this could have been an additional confounding variable in the Loftus and Palmer study.